Welcome to Everyday Driver, where cars are more than just transportation. They're freedom, a common ground, a way to grow, and can even make life better. We're here to help everyone find a car they love and discover all the ways they connect us. I'm Paul. I'm Todd. And this is The Car Debate. We should start here, actually. I, this just dawned on me. We haven't done a live one right before Christmas before. I guess we haven't, yeah. This and, is a and bit, you guys uh, often ask thing. about Christmas stuff, which is why we decided to bring out the swag. I know it's obnoxious, isn't it? But here it is. Here's the thing. This is my novel, Paper, Paper Father. It's available on Amazon. So is any of our feature films. Those are available on Amazon. All of these Blu-rays have been updated. Some of them been out of print for a while. They're all back as of today, so you can order those for Christmas. This is because... We know you'd like to hand someone something for Christmas. Yeah, true. I realize it's that. a digital world, but it'd be nice or to hand something. Or roll up a t-shirt and stick it in a Absolutely. stocking. The you t-shirts, know. the caps, and also the vinyls like you see on the back of our computers, those are all available via Blipshift. So if you go to Blipshift, you can find it. But the simplest thing is just go to the store tab on our website. From there, you can jump to Amazon for some of the stuff or mm-hmm. Blipshift for the mm-hmm. rest. If you're looking for Christmas gifts, Every year you guys ask us, thank you, and that is the way to solve it. So those are all available. That's why they're all here. So they're just a silent reminder. Also, you can see these T-shirts down here. Mm -hmm. Go to our friends at blipshift.com, and under the Shop tab, you'll see the partner stores. Mm -hmm. And that's where our partner store is. And these two are actually currently on sale right now. So the As I is, like Big Butts and uh, Stuttgart. Stuttgart. Yes. yes, exactly. And also the, the Fist and Furious. If you're a Fiesta ST owner, that is the shirt right. for you. That's all on there. So yeah, you can go through Blipshift. You can go through our website. It's all there. Also, I should let you know that we actually posted that we were going to take questions from our patrons via our Discord. Indeed. About 24 hours ago. So you guys have already bombarded us with questions, which is cool. But we also have massive live ones coming uh, I see three or four watch questions already, and I barely even it's clicked great. over. Great, yeah, it's all excellent. Happening. Let's start here with Church of Petrol asking me a watch track daily crush, collect daily or destroy with a pressure tester. <laughs> okay, a Speedy, a Speedmaster, Omega Speed, Speedmaster, a Daytona, Rolex Daytona, or an El Primero. I believe you're referring to the Zenith movement with the El Primero. That is a special watch, so I'm going to daily it and probably Daytona, Paul Newman. I've got the Paul Newman love. I, I respect him so much, and he had the, the Daytona that sold for a long time, and he beat that thing. He wore it everywhere. Mm-hmm. It was his, yeah. So that is going to be the collect. The daily is the El Primero, and unfortunately, I hate to say it, one of the watch has to go, so the speedy gets destroyed with a pressure tester. Oh, Eesh. gosh. Uh, there have been multiple questions already <laughs> running by here. Jonathan, you've asked a question. A couple other people uh, prior asked questions about me as a writer and what is next. Remember, this is all non-car questions, so there will be mm-hmm. very little car discussion. So we'll just dive in here to writing. Uh, since I finished Paper Father last year, it's been available, and many of you have read it and left, frankly, quite flattering comments. Thank you for those, because I was a little blown away by some of the response. So thank you for that. It isn't, uh, it isn't blowing it out on sales, but it's been very consistent, and the comments have been amazing. And many of you have asked, so what's next? Many of you have also asked about a sequel, which was not intended when I started, but I will say that I am slowly making notes on what the sequel is. I know what it is. Are you really? I'm slowly no making kidding. notes. That's it's fantastic. a couple back in the hopper, just so you know. What happened That's with fantastic. this is a couple things. I have a, an, an old agent manager friend in LA that read it and liked it, and maybe that will help. Jonathan, you asked about this. Maybe that will help with it trying to get options somewhere. We'll see. I don't know. I simply don't know, but I'm going to try for that because I'd love for it to be like on a streamer as like an eight-part thing. But what happened in the meantime is that he actually hired me to write a screenplay, Mm. which is very cool. I didn't expect it at all, and I can't really talk about it much, but he hired me to write a screenplay. I've written plenty of stuff that was spec, which is you write it and you hope somebody wants it. 
But this was like, I would like to hire you with budget to write something for us. That's pretty cool. Which I was like, let's do that. So I know I'm, the concept and it's pretty out there. So I am, yeah, so I am on a script right now that has actually, this is going to sound crazy. I had already started another novel after Paper Father that had nothing to do with that. It was a totally different sci-fi awesome. big thing. And I got, I don't know, I don't know, probably the equivalent of about 30 pages into that and then got hired to do the screenplay, which is now where my focus is when I'm writing. So that means screenplay, then sci-fi film, then paper father sequel that's the lineup yeah no no, cool. no pressure it's it's going to happen around the corner right but i also many of you have asked about audiobook i hope to do an audiobook for that at some point you know when i'm bored that, that's that's when that'll happen yeah for sure what else so 86 monty says he and his wife refer to us as the guys okay what do we we refer to us what do you refer to us your viewers fans community as your friends and family Fans, friends of the show, yeah, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. And when we get emails from you guys, it's it's categorized into friends and fans of the show. And we love getting all, all those emails from you guys because we've met many of you personally. And so when you meet somebody, it, you know, we're all friends now. Mm-hmm, That's mm-hmm. just kind of how we feel. So we're, we're definitely fans of you guys for, for following along and uh, consuming the content. We, we, we really appreciate it. Thank yeah, you so sure. much, guys. For sure. Uh, there are... Man, there's so many good questions. Um, oh, here's one. Legend Continues from Discord. He's one of our patrons. He asked, I, I had to pull this, if I could be in charge of any fictional universe movies. So he's talking about the, the Marvel movies, the Star Wars movies. I like how Riddick, we're pigeonholed already. Fast and Furious. Movies, yes, watches, exactly right. the we're end. Doing that. That's exactly all the questions right. we get. <laughs> Which of those fictional universes would I most like to be in? Honestly, I'm going to say Star Wars, and I'm not going to say it because I just like it. I'm going to say it because Star Wars is incredibly versatile. If you watch... Um, Eyes are glazing over. I know. But if you watch, watch just the six movies that Lucas did, let alone the, the other stuff, you have stuff that is massive cityscape stories. So it, you can tell a story like you would in New York, but it's sci-fi. Mm. You can tell car racing because they do spaceship racing in the first episode with, okay. with young Anakin. You can do like car racing stuff. You can do Western looking stuff because a lot of the stuff when the Jedi are essentially sheriffs. That's essentially what they are. They're walking around as gunslingers. They went even further into that with the Mandalorian. Now I'm away from the original star Wars films. The Mandalorian is essentially, look, if you, if you zoom out, all the Mandalorian is, is an old classic Western TV show. I am the Western sheriff and I travel from town to town. And in every episode, I solve this town's problem. That is the entire structure of the Mandalorian. In space. Yes, in space. Except he's on planets, but still. But, but <laughs> okay. the point I'm making right. here is, and his horse is, you know, yeah, steel horse I ride. Anyway, Bon Jovi in the background and we, <laughs> oh and we move God. on. It's all happening. <laughs> but, but the point here is, Star Wars is incredibly versatile in the kinds of stories you can tell. And they just happen to be in that universe. I think that would be really cool to see how broad it could be. Oh, Ian Dara says, hey, Paul, besides cars, what else do I obsessively clean or detail? (laughs) Okay. Nothing. Nothing. My kitchen is dirty. (laughs) My stove is filthy. That's true. It's very true. I really don't care about anything else, but you should see my garage floor. It's really good. I I guess the garage. I like the tools all in their place because Mm -hmm. it's, you know, easy stuff to easy to get to. So the garage is on point. The rest of the house is not. It's not so great, (laughs) but you know, hey. Buju says, what's the D in D Todd Deacon? That's David. My, my dad is David Gordon. I am David Todd. So I always went by Todd. So then when I get official, I bring the, the letter back. So that's how that works. <laughs> Austin K. Hello. Welcome. He says he knows that we stay super busy, but what do we do in our pastimes or mm. just with downtime? I think you're meaning, but it's uh, definitely being with friends and family. I'd like to go see my family up in uh, Seattle, Washington and uh, do that and go out to dinner with friends, go skiing, go mountain biking. I mean, that's the beauty of living here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we've got uh, just a lot of friends here like to go out and 
grab coffee or you know stuff like that but just definitely get outside for sure i'm trying to be more specific more deliberate about getting outside and going it's really pretty i walked out of the edit room where it was yeah. dark i should go out today i actually got on the bike it was 60 degrees out which felt like a heat wave and so yeah, for this it's, time of it's year. that it's that borderline where half the bike trails were too muddy so the dog and i went out and, and nice. so my voice is a little questionable but it's still real good Nice. All right. Let's see. Oh, Dermot Rafferty says, hey, Paul and Todd, love your stuff. Keep it up. Thank you, Damon. Uh, sorry, Dermot. <laughs> Look, looking forward to the book. Getting it for Christmas, Todd. Very Are the cool. Blu-ray movies sold anywhere else other than Amazon? Here in Ireland, it won't let him buy them. Oh, that's a bit of an issue. Is what about problem. Vimeo? Uh, you can get, you can get them as a download via Vimeo. They are available like that. That is true. That does work. Um, but at the same time, uh, the other option is if you want send us an email, everyday driver TV at Gmail, and we have figured out international shipping before. I, I can't make promises, Just do it direct. but if you send it to yeah. us, we can probably okay. figure it out. I know it's happened before cause some people have had uh, a shipping issue, so we'll figure it out from there. Uh, do you see Daniel Berman on super chat? He just came through and, uh, Oh, uh, nice. On that. Yep. Daniel, welcome. Thank you. He says, Paul, I'm a first-term student at Art Center. Fantastic. That's, cool. That's really cool. Just got through midterms. Any advice from your experiences? <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. I'm just imagining how hard... I'm remembering how hard you worked when you were there. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Don't sketch. Don't draw. Don't think about it. Mm. Because you're so busy. I, I had a few terms where I didn't do anything on the breaks. And I thought, hmm. oh, I'm going to get rusty. I'm going to get out of the design thinking. I'm, mm. I'm not going to be as creative when I come back. I'm not going to really be on, on my game. Don't do anything. Go do other things. Mm. Go take a road trip. Get out. Go see family, whatever that is. Just don't keep sketching your sketchbook. It seems like, oh, I should be cool and keep sketching and you know, keep coming with ideas. That can lead to burnout. So I just I caution against that, but just get away. Go see some nature. Go go to a national park. Do something like that. That will just be cathartic. Get outside. Chuma, hey man, how are you? He's riding in and saying, What mountain bikes do we have? How often do we ride? Bike parks, jumps, whatever whatever. Honestly, Chuma, here's the thing that happened. We were gonna start doing mountain bike reviews until I realized we were not nearly hardcore enough. That's yeah, one thing we're, not, we're not hucking things. The, the, we're not throwing it. We're not sending it. The, we're just there's there's very little sending going on. Yeah. But we do ride pretty hard. the The second thing that I realized is just the fact that I didn't want to do a hobby that also was work. Yeah, right. So we stopped shooting right. anything. We, we shot a few things. We were going to put stuff out. And we that's just stopped. part of the downtime. That is the downtime. And yeah. I, you know what? In the summertime, I try to be on the bike <clears> three four days a week. We're at the shoulder season, which is the times I actually hate. The only time I hate the outdoors here because you can't you can't ski yet. You can't look. These are not real life problems. I understand, but but you can't really bike yet. <laughs> can't you can't ski really ski yet. yet. Darn it! <laughs> uh, but uh, I love the summertime. Three four days a week, I try to do a lot of mileage. Uh, I have a friend that I know that used to be in the car world, Josh Jaco. Some of you may know him. He worked for Car Drive at other places. He's left the the car industry. You and I were talking about this. Yeah. He now lives in Boise, Idaho. Josh, if by some random thing, someone that knows you is listening, they will cor- corroborate, or maybe they'll laugh at you. He posts these rides on Strava. I followed him on Strava, which was a mistake. Yeah, because he posts these people ri- like, like that. You don't his, want to follow his Strava. short rides are 25 miles and he does it in the time it takes me to do 10. I'm like, who are you? He's Superman. He's a lung. So I'm not Superman. He's the human. He, lung. he is a human lung. That's good. That's excellent. Snooper Moto says either one of us ride motorcycles. Not right now, but our uh, cycle report writer, Nate Kuhn, he's in Chicago and he does ride motorcycles mm-hmm. and he's been doing a lot of riding for us. He loves cars and bikes and I do as well, but I, I worked for Kawasaki early in my career but I was just far more into cars and I really enjoyed that time in my life, but it's, it's all cars for me at this point. It's all four wheels. 
Uh, Matt, who runs our Discord, is actually chiming in on behalf of many people. So thanks for that, Matt. He's saying that the Discord has multiple soon-to-be fathers. <laughs> Do we have any suggestions? Um, okay, uh, there are many, but everybody's a little bit different. I will say this, because th- this never gets discussed. It's something I talked about, but it never gets discussed, really. It's okay if you don't bond instantly. Mm. The the perception is mm. that you're you're so excited to be a dad and you're just glowing and the child is born and you're instantly connected and that happens to some people. It happens to some fathers. And I've known fathers who are just like the first time I saw you, first time I touched you, my whole world was changed. That may not be the case. And if that doesn't that that is no indicator of your ability to be a father. So ease your way in. Also, uh, from a fatherhood perspective, mom is 110% vital day one, and you're along for the ride. You're there. Be helpful. Help her. Isn't it still about three years in when you become required? That, yeah, yeah, that's the thing. It, it becomes a thing where mom is super vital and dad is a helper, and that starts to shift over time. And, of course, personalities and all that will shift it differently. But be prepared for that as well. You are there to assist like crazy, and please assist. That's the other thing I would say for sure. Awesome. All right. I'm going to jump over to some Discord questions. Let's see. Vitizzle MC is curious how the Minister of Finance term originated. He's been going through old podcasts, enjoying it, but it's going to take him a while. It was actually a a person who wrote to us for their debate, and they referred to it as their Minister of Finance, and we just found it so funny, and it now was, we've we've just kind of glommed onto it and used it for everything. It was point. somebody from the UK, where, where they have the Minister of Everything, just so you know. In right. the UK, there right. is the Minister of Anything You Can Imagine, and the UK fans will, will back me up there. And so he was just casually writing along his email and said, my Minister of Finance feels this way, and you and I could not stop laughing. <laughs> so we started bringing it up, and now you guys use it, which I think is phenomenal. So uh, funny. Bo is asking about... <laughs> About the McRib. You know, it's just far enough from cars that I think it's fi- it's vital. That's fine. He says, if either of us ever had a McRib, or would we have a McRib? And you know what? I am barbecue obsessed. I grew up in Texas, and I eat lots of junk food. So the answer is a resounding yes. I haven't had one in years, but I was one of those people <laughs> earlier on in life. It was like, oh, the McRib is back. Now I'm now I'm over it. I'm over it. But but I I have had many more than once. So, Jim Gaffigan uh, does a whole thing in the McRib, you. which is hilarious. But yes. I don't eat McDonald's. I don't eat McRibs. No McRib has ever gone into this that body. Doesn't no. surprise me at all. Yes. No, thank you. All right. Uh, what else? Oh, uh, let's see. Got some more Discord questions. Jeremy Carmudgeon Moat says, Paul, if I were to work in the industrial design for any consumer product of your choice, industrial design industry, what would it be and what attracts you to that niche? Well, as you know, I had an opportunity to design furniture in Pasadena, California when I was living there for Richard Holbrook, and he's a designer, also an art center grad. He graduated in 81, the same year as Chris Bangle who had a career at BMW, so it was three transportation designers. Richard went to Peugeot, I believe, in France for four years and was done with it and came back to the States and started his own furniture design business. And I I love the creativity of what furniture does. There's so many different production processes and materials that you can figure out and use. It's so intriguing to me, and I never really thought that that's what I would like. And just having a toe in the pool, tasting it for the three, four years that I did it, I just loved it. And I've always been obsessed with cool looking furniture, furniture that's art, furniture that's Mm. useful. It's just so intriguing to me. Stuff that, you know, of course, Italian built and designed furniture, but all of that stuff. So intriguing to me. And, and uh, of course the cost of the nice stuff is breathtaking, but yeah, I'd probably go back into furniture, but I have considered watches too. I did have a stint doing a watch design project for Casio G-Shock. Gosh, 
2001. Don't don't do dates. Yeah, don't do I dates. Do Nobody wants dates. At least I don't want dates. It's but all they bad. were they were looking yeah. for. They actually threw out this design project to a lot of designers they knew in Los Angeles and said, you know, we're kind of having this contest to kind of have a, a new look for Casio G-Shock, and I won. I won the contest, which was pretty cool. And so they gave me a G-Shock watch, and I think seven thousand dollars and. Then nothing ever got implemented. I never saw it again. <laughs> and that was the so, end. Yeah. Got it. Uh, Ivor Bicon says, favorite airplane. It's not a car podcast. I can answer this. That's right. Favorite. There are many. There are many. I, while being a teenager obsessed with cars, I was also a teenager obsessed with planes. So I will, uh, I will try to go quickly. SR-71 Blackbird, top of the list. Oh, that thing yeah, is killer. That's good. Love that. P-51 Mustang from World War II. I'll stay World War II. B-29 from World War II. The Bearcat from World War II. That's like an engine wearing, a pilot wearing an engine. That is a rocket ship. There's wings They're tiny. somewhere. There's a monster engine on that thing. <laughs> uh, modern planes. Love the F-16. Love the F-15. The F-15 can stand on its tail and go vertical. That's a tactic when you fly the 15. Uh, the F-22 is pretty darn cool. Uh, that's probably my, my top list right there. I'll stop there. All right. Uh, the one KEA says, has Mr. Helmanzik encountered a Stellantarian Hellcat? Yes. Yet, yes, he mm-hmm. has. As a matter of fact, he took some gorgeous photos of it and sent it over to us. And yes. he was, was he on the Autobahn with that thing? I don't think he was because it happened to be during like massive bad weather. They don't even sell them in Germany and yet they right. keep giving him press cards. But it was He's just also this smoky burnout, gorgeous photos. photo, backlit, reds and blues. He and also just so had a track hawk on the ring. Yeah. Which was fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Trevisio says, via oh, Super Chat, thank you for that. He said, what's the last thing that made us laugh so much we cried? What was the podcast? The Food Mustang podcast. It was somebody getting a, a No, no, no. Tattoo. I'm saying what was the number? I forget what it oh, was. Oh, I'll have but to anyway, look at that. We, there was a podcast not that long ago. It's in the 600s where we, we were talking about a guy that had a, we thought he had a Ford... Uh, <laughs> Ford tattoo, we're back into cars, and it's not it's not a big big push, and uh, and we thought if he was going to buy a Chevy, he's going to have to get that fixed. Maybe he could make it say "Food Mustang," and I kind of lost it. I I kind of lost it, and it's he it's was right there here pounding the it's, table. It's recorded, and I it's, still it's edited in the it podcast. Out. You still cut it down. It I was laughing longer. so much. We had I had to take time and recover. Yeah, that made me laugh till I yeah, cried. There was for a sure. lot of lot of crying. It was pretty funny. Let's see. Did you miss the watch rant yet? No, you did not, Harrison. That is <laughs> still, still time. coming. There's still time. Well, as a matter of fact, Vatizel has another question for me. If I wanted a furniture company to make a watch and a watch company to make furniture, which companies would they be and oh, what would I want them okay. to make? Of course, the, the iterative design process would take a while. But the furni- for furniture companies, especially in Europe, those companies don't necessarily produce their own designs. They contract a lot of designers. So you'll see primarily architects doing furniture collections and furniture designs, and they do it for that company and they do it for this company. It kind of depends on what market the company's going after. They don't necessarily retain in-house designers. But I will say Polyform, which is one of my favorite Italian uh, uh, furniture companies. But I also thought of Rimoa Luggage. Pretty interesting. They have an aviation theme to Mm. them, and they've got really cool, of course, kind of expensive luggage. They could make a cool watch, but for a watch company, there's two. Hublot, H-U-B-L-O-T, because they use so many different materials like ceramic, and MBNF, if you're on your, well, you are on your uh, your laptops right now, MBNF, Maximilian Busser and Friends, he does these orological masterpieces that are so crazy and so otherworldly and so expensive, and then they tell time, too. They're so interesting to me. So what if that company did furniture? Be really cool. Mm. Uh, 
there's been acknowledgement to the P-38 Fantastic Plane and the A-10 Warthog. If you're not a geek, I will tell you that the A-10 Warthog... That's cool. It is a tank killer aircraft. It flies slower than you think. Its gun is so massive, they had to off-center mount the front wheel because the gun went down the center. Yeah, isn't it like a gun with wings or something? Practically, because if it fires for too long, it actually stalls the aircraft. They have to be careful. It's a tank killer. It's pretty awesome. I have to say that one should be acknowledged. Yes, for sure. Let's see. Oh, Ever Bicon, who owns a Lotus, a Jeep, and something else on Discord says, which is better, Monty Python, the Holy Grail, or the Life of Brian? Hmm. I'm going the the Holy Grail right there. But uh, Spam a Lot is in Park City coming. I think we're gonna go. Mm-hmm. We're gonna get some tickets and go yes. see Spam a Lot. Very that, funny. That's just gonna be fun. Uh, Barbara, thank you, Barbara, for chiming in. Barbara is saying that listening to me laugh about the food Mustang is podcast number six twenty eight. So there you go. Okay. Listen to me laugh until I cry. <laughs> it's there. There's nothing I can do. Uh, <laughs> Richard is asking, when shooting with a GoPro, what do we use to get good audio? We don't use GoPro audio. We use GoPro audio only for sync. We have external audio that we, we wear a mm-hmm. lav mic. You've seen it on us. We wear a lav mic. We have a separate recorder. We sync the two so that the lav mic gets the good audio. The GoPro gets the picture. That's how that's dealt with. Did we answer Travisio's question? What was the last thing that made us laugh until we cried? Yeah, that, that, that okay. was me talking okay, about that was, all right, sure. good. That was all the right. food Mustang. The there food. it is. Okay, mm-hmm. that was it. All right, great. Uh, let's see. Do we do sim racing? Alex Mendoza. We haven't in a while. We've actually jumped in with fellow discordians to do sim racing while we're on discord audio mm-hmm. and we're all on, uh, it's pretty uh, cool. Xbox. We haven't done it a so. lot, but, but we're getting into winter when Paul and I don't have anything we can do at night. Cause it's just dark. And it's cold. like a Sunday night thing. So, so if you're cool. not yeah. on discord, yeah. well, we, it's part of Patreon. So we've got three different levels on Patreon, And if you just search, on patreon.com, you'll find us. So there's a five, ten, and twenty dollar level, and the twenty dollar level includes the board member monthly Zoom calls. Yeah, those are too. really cool. So those are really cool. FYI, there's so many good questions here. Gosh, you guys are flying. I love yeah, this. Uh, there's, um, oh man, I'm trying to catch up. Uh, there was one here I was going to listen to a minute ago or going to mention a minute ago, and now I'm just talking for the sake of talking. I, I can say, what is the worst design item I have ever encountered? Please, please do that one. The Volkswagen Taos. Yeah, no, it's not a car co- podcast. Oh, we, have to, we have to walk right, away. Let me, let me think about that. I thing. am from Houston, Tony. You're asking where in Texas. I'm from Houston. And uh, I love, uh, Devin asked, I love brisket with a really good sauce, but it's all relative where we are talking barbecue now. <laughs> I'm going to try to not stay there too long. Uh, there, there's a question over here from Isaac Redinger. He actually posted it earlier, and I wanted to t- cover this. This is another film one. I'm going to try to not go too far into this, but I did make notes. I wanted to make oh. sure I was right. I, I went okay. to IMDb and I looked people up. He said that this is the track daily crush of filmmakers. Okay. All right. So good. he's listed four filmmakers. Which right. one, their content you binge? Which one is a content you watch on a special occasion? Which one do you actually study in a film school? And which person's content do you archive not to be seen again? That's how he did track daily crush. Okay. The filmmakers okay. are the works of George Lucas, the works of Jerry Bruckheimer, the works of Ron Howard, and the works of Steven Spielberg. Now, the only problem here is that Jerry Bruckheimer is not a director, so I can only use him as a producer. Okay, producers of great things like Con Air and Top Gun and uh, the whole Nicolas Cage catalog, <laughs> the the ba- Bad Boy <clears throat> movies, and um, uh, Armageddon. The entire Michael Bay canon is under Jerry Bruckheimer. Yeah. So I have to use him as a producer, but the other ones I'm going, George Lucas, Ron Howard, and Spielberg, I'm going to talk about them only as directors because they've all also produced things. Okay. Okay? All right. I'm going to archive Jerry Bruckheimer. Now, unfortunately, that kills Top Gun, and I'm very excited about the second, the Top Gun sequel finally coming out. Yeah, no kidding. There's a lot of fun in the Bruckheimer catalog, but what's interesting is watch a Bruckheimer movie five years later. 
They do not age well. They are popcorn flicks. They are of-the-moment flicks, and they do not age well. I'm fine with this. So as a result, I'm going to archive the Jerry Bruckheimer collection. I'm sorry, Jerry, as if we know each other. Uh, but here's the other thing. <laughs> Jerry's on here somewhere. Exactly. Um, special occasion films. George Lucas, because that means you're watching THX 1138 and then the Star Wars group. Sit down, a special occasion, we're going to watch them in a push. Mm. That would be the cool way to do that. For binge, somebody that most people probably haven't watched, and I'm going to put them in the binge category, is Ron Howard. He is a fascinating director. Okay, right. He has worked in almost every genre you can imagine. He's done westerns far and away as a movie most people have never even seen. It's Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman, and it's, I remember that. it's problematic, but there's a lot of things about it that are awesome. And he's one of the rare directors. Far and away is a great example, but Rush is the, the film about um, F1. And also Apollo 13. The thing about all three of those that a lot of people don't do is Ron Howard actually staged real things. Mm -hmm. They're not covered in digital to fake that we were here. There's no green screen to cover this. I mean, he's done stuff like that. But in those three, he he staged a land race in Far and Away. He actually simulated Zero-G in the Vomit Comet for Apollo 13. They brought out the old F1 cars for Rush. This is a guy that stages huge stuff. Apollo 13. He should have won Best Director. I think Mel Gibson won that year, which is good in its own right. But come on. Um, Ron Howard has a, is an amazing filmmaker with an incredible breadth of stuff. But what's fascinating is he he seems like a nice human. He seems like a guy who just kind of likes his life. Sure. And that's evident in his work. Sure. His work always has a let's look at this story optimistically. Even if it's a dark story. He looks at it optimistically. I appreciate that. Which leaves the work of Steven Spielberg for film school. You could do film schools each, on Steven Spielberg's film. work. Right, the right, the right. level of stuff he's done, he's had some dark stuff, he's had some light stuff, he's had some popcorn stuff, and he is just about perfect when it comes to understanding how to show you something. Sure, there's dialogue, sure, there's scripting and actors and that kind of stuff, but making the frame show you information, he's just about the best ever, so he would be the film school guy. That's my attempt at a short answer, and it wasn't. It's very good. Fantastic. Chuma says, can we see the G-Shock sketch? <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, you tell me where to post it, or maybe if you want me to send it to you, email it to you. Absolutely, I'm happy, happy to share that one. And then also we've got another question from Nick Lane here. Do we find ourselves at times that we need to stop ourselves from integrating U.S. politics in the videos or the podcast, assuming this is on purpose? Yes, it's on purpose because everybody gets so much of that already. Mm-hmm. We're already inundated with that stuff constantly. We just want to be a respite. We want to be the place where every car enthusiast comes just to talk cars and it's it could be easy to talk electric cars and you know the future of both internal combustion engines and electric and what that means and devolve into yeah. politics but my question is why what are we going to solve it's coming at us so let's find great cars to drive mm. and tell everybody about hey, whether it's electric, whether it's gas, whatever that is, of course, we can have our opinions about them and say, well, this isn't good because it might be too early of a concept and it wasn't mm. well executed and I'm looking forward to the next one. Or maybe they got it re- really right. And, you know, like Tesla with build quality, but man, they're making cars and they're phenomenal and they've got great range and it's hard to it's hard to not acknowledge that. So, you know, where do we draw the line? But it's a very intentional place to just come and we just, yeah. you know, relax. We talk cars. We just love being here and, you know, just kind of make it that across the board. So it is intentional. But thanks for the question. Uh, there's a quick question from McNow. I want to acknowledge it. All of these films have been re-updated. You can order all of them on Amazon. So I know that some of them were out of, out of stock, including American Original. It is back now. You can get that for Christmas gifts. Uh, Shane has piped up on Super Chat and said, <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay. Um, hmm. 
I don't know how to answer that. <laughs> I'm confused as to what this question even is. I actually am not even following the question. Uh, the well, two of us versus each other. Yeah, it's it's an everyday driver dance off. It's you okay. versus me, and the judges are oh, Kate, your wife, mm-hmm. my brother in law, and his name is Daniel. Hopefully, mm-hmm. he's watching right now. And Mandy, the routine is the Star Lord from Guardians of the Galaxy. Who do the judges pick? I am I am very white. <laughs> I'm extremely white. So I and, and my wife. What makes yeah. it worse? My wife is a very talented trained dancer. She can sing beautifully. She's an incredible so actress. She somehow she dance, tolerates yeah. the fact that she married somebody who just <laughs> cannot dance. So I would probably lose. And also she would probably be extra hard on me too. She'd be like, that's just terrible work there. Bravo. So Paul would probably win if nothing I'm else. I'm not sure. I'm, yeah. mm, mm-hmm. I, I was into the whole when, when Big Bad Voodoo Daddy was in LA at the Derby. I went there a lot and I took girls there and you know we went dancing a lot. And I was marginal enough to just kind of get by. But the whole point was just going and having a drink and watching the crowd and enjoying Big Bad Voodoo Daddy. But that was back in the 90s. Anyway, I shouldn't say dates. Anyway, it was, it was really cool. A lot of fun. Uh, while we're talking about things we're embarrassed by, I'm going to go here because I actually made a note. I was like, this is terrible, but I'm going to do it. Barbara asked from Discord. She said, when no one else is around, what's your favorite song to sing along with or dance to in the house office garage? Oh, I don't know if this is favorite, but this one that popped into my head. There's a rapper from the late 80s, early 90s, called Young MC. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can do a phenomenal white guy rap version of Bust a Move. You will never hear it. It won't happen. But I can do a phenomenal... At some point, we were somewhere. We were somewhere, and it was playing, and I jumped in on it in front of you, and you looked at me like my head had exploded. <laughs> my name is Rob Bass, and I came to get down. No, that's a totally different thing. <laughs> totally different thing. That, that was different. But I'm talking Young MC, Bust a Movie. Yeah, if you don't know that song, listen and do yourself a favor, because it's, it's super fun. But uh, yeah. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, what else? Oh, Timeless. Jeffrey B. says, how do we pick a car or a thing that is timeless? What's, what makes something special and timeless, like the M Leica in a camera, the 911, or an E-Type, or the Braun alarm clock? How can we find that again? It's simplicity. And so many of those designs seem old. They just seem old school. But if you look at those, especially from the 50s, Charles and Ray Eames were the king and queen of simplicity, beautiful, clean shapes. And I, I think that's when an object is that way and it's constructed with honest materials, I think that is the thing that makes them timeless. It is what it is. The Jaguar's rolling sculpture. It's not really designed to be a speed, you know, a sports car, a speedy car, but you know, from an, a, a pleasing aesthetic standpoint, that's why we want stuff on our walls and the clothes we wear and the shoes we pick and all that stuff. That's why we choose that for that classic design look. Uh, Purdue is asking about uh, speech for the podcast, and also we have a question over here from uh, Vitizzle on uh, on Discord. They relate. You're asking about how do we do the podcast and not stumble around. We do sometimes, but also then, then Vitizzle is asking about uh, advice for newbie video producers. Let me touch on both of these. It really is a lot of practice, and the problem is, and I learned this when I did radio in college, that when you do um, uh, well, uh, it's filler words. You're giving yourself a verbal think mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and you're better off to just stop mm-hmm. and think and then speak because in your brain, like 10 seconds have gone by and in reality, two have gone by. Sure. So that's, sure. It's, it's a training thing. And sometimes we're worse at it than others. And there's absolutely times that we screw it up. And there's times when Paul saves it in the edit, or I laugh myself to tears and Paul leaves it in the edit. That happens for, <laughs> sometimes for, that happens. for video. For those of you that are asking about video, um, there's a lot, there's an, um, there's a lot of practice that's involved and also shoot landscaped. Where's my phone? Where's my phone? <laughs> 
shoot, shoot, let, do not stop Thank shooting. You. This way. Thank Except you for I know that. that TikTok is built that way, which frustrates me. But shoot landscape. Think about framing. Don't put things just in the dead center of the frame. That's boring. Like frame something and also get a perspective that you don't see all the time. Walking around between five, six, and six feet, that's the, how we all see the world. Yeah, that's okay? true. Or five foot that's and fantastic. six foot. So get down lower, get up high, get an angle that we aren't already seeing and try to do that. Uh, those are the, the high points for that. Ooh, Purdue has said, how do we exhibit so much discipline, not saying mumble words? We like just, I've just covered fumble. that. Oh, yes. sorry, sorry. That's, that's I, off of what I was just talking about. I, I yeah. love that question. It's hard. basically is my thing. Oh. When people say Don't say basically around Paul. Do not. When people say that around me, I, I think the song goes like this, or the song goes basically like this. They're the same thing. <laughs> Did you basically shut the door? Did you shut the door? I have, I have just drives me up banished basically from my entire voc- vocabulary. It's and not if necessary. I need the word, I will say essentially. Yeah, because that's good. If something's that's good. essential, that's fine. But basically, that's, that's useless. Yeah. Oh, let's see. Jonathan Cannon just popped up with our thoughts on the Japanese import market prices, how ridiculous they will be once the S15 and R34 become legal, which is imminent, I believe. I suppose it's going to keep going on up, and it's those special cars that all the enthusiasts love that will make them that way. I, I, I feel like <laughs> these cars are, in some ways, a little bit overrated, even though they're great. I'm not saying they're not, but the mystique surrounding them is almost greater than the performance and fun-to-drive nature mm, of the car itself. Mm. They're great, but... Are they really that great to pay the premium? Do, do you, are they really that aspirational? Only you can answer that question. Well, that's the thing. Somebody's asking you why you aren't wearing your headphones. I didn't even notice till right now. But it, it oh, so well, well, you it's are fine. sitting right here. It's not I like I can't right hear you. But, yeah, exactly. It's all you know, good. There, there's uh, not it, a lot of other people. We're, we're not getting feedback. That's, that's true. true. It's not really happening. I can't uh, put them on. It doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> it really doesn't. Uh, there's so many good questions. I want to jump over here to another one from Patron, and that is Husker is saying, when and how do my wife and I plan to talk to our son Bodhi about navigating adult topics as he gets older? Oh yeah. Uh, look, there is no hard and fast thing. I'll tell you what we're doing, and I. Ask him when he's 30 if it worked. I don't know. But uh, we, I never baby talked to my son. I, I just didn't do it. I didn't know how to baby talk to a child. I just spoke Appreciate to him. Appreciate that. But what happened is that totally transformed his vocabulary. And I'm getting to your question, but it totally transformed his vocabulary because I would just say something. Then I would realize after I said it, I was like, you're not going to know what that word is. I need to back up and explain that word. Mm. And so as a result, he wound up with a bigger vocabulary than a lot of kids. And he's also very verbal because in our house, you better speak up. So uh, yeah, he's quite verbal. So as a result, he learned all that kind of stuff. I've taken that same approach with awkward topics. If we're watching a movie or a TV show or something like that happens and it bumps into a concept he hasn't heard that may be a little old for him, if and only if it registers. Because sometimes with kids, the, mm-hmm. the, the dirty joke passes right by. They don't even know that it happened. Sure. There's no point in stopping and explaining if they didn't ask. Right, right. But if he goes, wait, well, what does that mean? I guess we're talking about that now. I haven't, I mean, you don't shy away from it. No, not at all. Now I'm not exposing him to awful stuff on purpose to be like, let's get to adulthood. No, we're not going for that. But at the same time, if we bump into something, I mean, come on, PG 13 movies. I'm a movie freak. He's watched movies long before he was 13. He's seen our films and he's not any close to 17 yet. I mean, this is, I'm trying to navigate stuff as I understand what he can tolerate because I'm things I can tell he can and somebody can't. But when you get into those PG 13 movies or our movies, invariably something happens. You watch James Bond with an 11 year old. Questions come up. Yeah, sure. There's questions. Sure. So we talk about those questions. Uh, a couple of Utah questions here off of Discord. Nathaniel G says, what are our top five favorite things about living in Utah, not mm. including the driving roads? 
wow, skiing and mountain biking are really at the top. But I'll be honest, I have not even begun to touch all the national parks here. Mm -hmm. And we went to Moab. I've been to Moab once so far. And it's when we drove the Jeep Wrangler episode for TV. It was season six, I think. Five or six. Years ago. It was further back than that. But keep going. Was it really? Wow. All right. Well, nevertheless, I've been to Moab once. And I went back past Arches National Park going, I wish we had more time to Mm -hmm. go in there and check it out. And it just... You have to be deliberate, of course, and make a plan. But I feel like I'm still discovering Utah, to be honest. And the places that we've gone for shoots, just scoping things out, we get to this new place. I'm going, this is totally different terrain than an hour away over in that direction. You know? So it's. I think that's my most favorite thing about Utah is, is the discovery here. And then Wade Donald Water Street says, what is usually the scariest mountain pass in Utah, whether it be from snow or rock slides? I'd say probably the harder stuff in Moab that I haven't even been on yet because I'm a total wuss when it comes to heights. I do not like heights. I'm not good with them. I do not want to be in a four-wheel drive looking down a sheer cliff for 200 feet. Not my thing. So I'm sure, yeah, I'm not good with that. The P1 GTR is asking, where do you ask car-related questions? Pretty much any podcast, but one that ends in 50. Honestly, we are all cars all the time, except for every 100 podcasts when they end in 50. So this is mm-hmm. 650. We do this at 550. Going forward, it's the same. So ask tons of stuff for next week. We do podcasts. Uh, we record on uh, on Mondays for a Tuesday release. We record on Thursdays for a Friday release. We ask for those questions via all of our social media accounts. You can ask any question you would like that is cars. We will happily answer it. You can send us an email at everydaydrivertv at Gmail. We will answer them there. We are, except for this podcast, we're all cars all the time. Pretty much. That's what's crazy. Yep. Dirt Smith on Discord says, what's our favorite memory or experience from a prior career mm. before we switched to being full-time host of Everyday Driver? I think it was the travel from when I worked in the tech industry, and it was a software company called Autodesk. You've probably heard of it. But I traveled a lot, and it sounds glamorous, and it really comes down to doing doing your laundry at home and living at the Hilton is the whole joke. But I got to travel to Tokyo and spent some time there. I took a a customer that we had from Hyundai and there was a a worldwide presentation for visualization in automotive design. And so we took Hyundai because we were, you know, kind of courting them as a, a potential customer to use some visualization tools. And so we had one of the guys who came up with that, uh, far future when, when Hyundai released the N I'm, I'm, forgetting the name of it, but it was a uh, Gran Turismo car. Mm. It was that Hyundai N car that was the the digital racer. He came up with that design. So we took him to Tokyo and he did a, a talk there to, uh, to the worldwide design community, which was great. But I got to kind of tag along and experience Tokyo. And, you know, I, I tried to go to, you know, all these different places that I'd heard about. Um, and it was just, it was really, really cool, really interesting. So the travel on, of course, you know, a company dime is is pretty nice, I will admit. By the way, this mouse is for that iMac. That's why I'm not using it. Uh, there's, there's that. Um, <laughs> the iMac yeah, that's pointed at Exactly, us. exactly right. So there's that, that going on. Um, there are lots of questions. I'm going to jump right here to Dunwell. Recently married, honeymoon is on hold, suggestions for destination. What is something you thought you'd never see? I mean, I don't know what your budget is, but what is something you thought you'd never see or do? Because honeymoon is one of those things that blow it out. 
Also, I love that it's on hold because what happens with a lot of honeymoons is the fact that you get married and you've done so much. There's been so much stress and pressure to get to the day. And then you finish the day and you fall across the finish line and you spend a lot of your honeymoon just wanting to relax. And some people get sick because they've been so much stress built up to their, to their wedding. And now their stress is relieved and their bodies break down and they get sick. So pushing it off, my, my wife and I pushed ours off six months because we got married in August. And we wanted to ski, which meant we went in March. So do something so you wouldn't cool. normally do. We went to a place. We went to Whistler to ski. We've never been back. It was great, but we've never been, because we always screed somewhere locally. So I would say go somewhere. <laughs> and it's also 10 minutes that way. It, exactly. It's right. also That's really, really the reason we don't class skiing. But so, and now that we live, I'll give you this as well. I, my wife and I are huge mountain people. We live in Park City. We ski a lot. Now that we've moved to a mountain town, we go on vacation. We want to go to the beach. We mm. never did before. We live in Los Angeles. Like, I don't want to go to the beach. So do the thing <laughs> that is the opposite. If you can, I don't know what the budget is. All right, there's a few car questions on here, but this is racing-related. Mr. Kid 37 says, with Formula One getting more and more popular in America and Honda leaving Formula One, do we see an American car manufacturer joining F1 or maybe providing an engine? I hate to say it, I don't think so. I think IndyCar is where Chevy's going to remain. Honda will probably remain an IndyCar, but there's NASCAR here. And I think American car manufacturers are going to want to kind of stick to that, to be honest. Although, did you see the news? Porsche is going to be entering Formula One in 2026 or something way out there. But nevertheless, they're toying with the idea at least, which is great. But I don't really see an American car manufacturer spending that much money because generally speaking, Americans don't care about F1. It's the second most popular sport on the planet, but not in the U.S. We don't care about soccer either, the other most popular sport <laughs> the, on the planet. The number one yeah, exactly. sport on Those the planet. Those two things we just ignore because apparently we're too so good for it. Yeah. I, I don't see them investing the kind of money it takes into Formula One to even be a mid-pack team just to reap what reward? What, what would they get out of it to sell what kind of car? I, I can't answer that question, so I, I, I can't imagine that they would, they would do that. David is asking about uploading this to YouTube permanently. If you mean this live stream, yes, it will be there. We're going to do one every 25 podcasts. If you mean will we do this for every podcast, uh, that is not the plan at the moment, but we'll see what happens in the future. See this question from Derek Miller, who said, pseudocar related, have we ever Googled a VIN number or looked up a Carfax that we use that we used to own, of a car we used to own, to see where it ended up? Mm. The alternative non-car question is replace VIN and old car with girlfriend. <laughs> Yikes. That's what Facebook no, is for. No, that, that's why Facebook do exists. Do not do that. Yeah. You will mm-hmm. drive yourself mm-hmm. nuts. Uh, no, but I'd actually like to look up the first 928 that I had mm. because I sold that car and I, of course, wish I had it back. But I'd like to know where that one is. And specifically because those cars were either kept really well and driven or they ended up in a junkyard or parked or barn fine or something. So I'd, I'd like to know which direction that car went. So many that I'm still jumping through. We've got, uh, okay, hang on. Uh, Dirt Smith, you asked this. I think you answered this question. Favorite memory or experience from previous careers? I have to say it was yeah. working on Lord of the Rings series. Yeah, that's I mean, cool. that was nuts. Cool. And it was stressful and all that kind of stuff. But looking back, here's what's crazy. This December, <clears throat> mm. those films are 20 years old this December. That is a horrifying You're kidding stat. me. No, I'm really not. That, that, that doesn't feel what? like a lifetime ago. But yes, the first one came out in December of 2001. It was 2001, 2, and 3. That's horrifying to think about. Yes, they're supposed to be doing, oh, I haven't no seen it, details about it yet, but they're supposed to be doing like special screenings of it in theaters near you, a theater near you. And then they're going to have like a Zoom with the cast uh, afterward. I, I've heard that's supposed to happen. I'd like to find a place that was doing it. I think it was Alamo Drafthouse yeah. trying to put it together. We'll see uh, what goes on with that. Let's see here. 
Lots of good questions. Jumping back over to Discord, Kazubin says he's a cheap watch enthusiast like Skagen or Sterling or Timex Expeditions. All about $100 or so. So what makes other watches so much more expensive? At that point, you're, you're starting to decide whether you want to go after design or the movement, which powers the watch. And then at the really high end, it goes back to design, crazy enough. You could argue that precious gems, precious jewels make a watch expensive, but that has nothing to do with the watch. That's just stuff on top of it. So what you're looking for is precision craftsmanship and what companies make in-house movements versus what companies source movements from other just generic movements. And they're usually referred to ETA. ETA movements are a good example of this. Many watch manufacturers will either source those and modify it. So say it has a date watch, or maybe it's not a date watch, or maybe they add the chronograph feature, but it's still that basic ETA movement. And they'll put that in a cooler design. So they might be selling it with, it's still a Swiss movement, but they didn't make it in-house. And when companies start to make the design of the watch and make the movement in-house, that's when things start to get really expensive. And then when they go really far and they start to do crazy one-offs, Omega has done this, you know, the, the special Snoopy watch or the special, you know, design watch, but it's still got a great movement in it. That's when things get even crazier, but it really is craftsmanship. And it's a, a piece that will last you 10 years from now. Will you still have that Apple watch? I think it's going to be in a junk tour. That's why I'm not really into the mm. connected watches because they're cool now, but the next version is going to come out. The cool classic watch that you can wear now and wear 10, 20 years from now or pass it down to somebody in your family, that's really interesting to me. Christopher Tyler is asking another movie question. Are we interested in seeing the new Dune movie? I've seen it. It was pretty awesome. Did we like the one from the 80s? The, uh, the original David Lynch one was uh, odd. But his film is odd. And Kyle MacLachlan did a lot of odd movies. Anybody see Showgirls? So there's a lot of oddity there. The new Dune movie is awesome. I didn't realize, of course, they hadn't advertised this, but I also wasn't trying to find out too much ahead of seeing it. I wanted to just take it in. I didn't realize that it was a part one without a sequel planned. I think I would have enjoyed it more if I had known that because the pacing was much slower than I expected on this new one by Villeneuve. Uh, his stuff is great. I really like him as a filmmaker. I think he's superb. I think he was a good choice. I think the movie is its at a staggering scale. It's worth seeing. I don't know that everybody's going to like it because the pacing is quite slow, but it really embeds you in the world. They've just now, you've probably heard, they've just now approved it for a sequel. I wish I would have known that going in. I would have enjoyed it more. Uh, and then Josh says, if Sauron needed one car to rule them all, I, I'm great. not going to answer it. I, but I just, I just I, I, That's that. a hysterical question. Oh, really. that's great. C8 is suggested. That's interesting. Does it have to be in black? Does it, is it always in black? That would be Vader's C8. So Sauron's would be orange? <laughs> it would be black with an orange interior to go with the eye. Uh, see, you see what I did there? I do. Yeah. Uh, what's on the table in front of us? You walked into a podcast travel agent. That is funny. These are our five <laughs> feature films on Blu-ray. We were talking about Christmas gifts. The, uh, the shirts are currently available on Blipshift. And that is my novel, also available on Amazon. You can go to the store tab and split to all the things. And we, I was doing that specifically and talking about it because we've never done this right before Christmas and people always ask us Christmas gifts. That's our stuff. Let's see. R. Diamond says, did we get to talk to any F1 drivers while the Austin race was going on? No, but I've really been noodling the idea of pursuing F1 drivers to be on the podcast and specifically not to talk about the their F1 career or the upcoming race, but to talk about cars that are interesting to them, mm -hmm. cars they want to drive, cars they haven't driven. So we heard this one story. 
when we were at Rally Ready in Austin this year. And the Rally Ready guys told us that a few years ago, when the Austin race was going on, Daniel Ricardo was, of course, in town and came to Rally Ready mm. and wanted to blow off some steam. Okay, so they thought, oh my gosh, a Formula One driver, he's going to just kill it. And he got in the car, and it was a manual transmission. He said, I, I've never driven a manual. I don't know how to use the third pedal. I'm used to two pedals and paddles, mm-hmm. and that's it. Mm-hmm. And they thought, oh, my gosh, you're kidding me. I'm teaching a Formula One driver how to drive manual transmission. But what's interesting is those guys at that level are so – they learn so quickly and can pick up that mm-hmm. skill so quickly. They taught him and said, told us within an hour – Daniel was putting down some of the fastest laps in the school cars Mm -hmm. they have ever seen because he understands car dynamics and balance. This is just a different way of making the car move. Who cares about that? And they, they were astounded. So, you know, true to his bona fides as a formula one driver, they are such at that high level. We, I I was amazed by that story. I'm going, all right, of course, (laughs) Go to rally school to learn how to drive manual transmission, but well, and then rally really cool. Then then drive and then rally, he's not used to, and, and then he still set some of their yeah. fastest times on their homegrown course, course right yeah. there. If you yeah. haven't seen that episode, that was part of season nine. Season nine, season nine. Uh, that was season nine yeah, this yeah, year. Just so we're still working soon. to get that on Amazon, and it will also be working its way to YouTube as we speak. There's a question here from McNow said best image camera at the lowest price. I don't know what you mean by lowest price. I mean, let's be honest. The crazy thing is, the iPhone is shockingly good. Or your current sure, Android phone, sure. that gets an amazingly good video for something you already have in hand. I'm not saying that is the answer, <clears throat> but for something you already have, you can get... I will fully admit this, and we're not alone in this. We have had moments where a random shot, like a one-second shot, has been on our TV show that came off the iPhone. Mm-hmm. Because you yeah. just that happened to be the only way we got it. We were sitting there. The Better cameras to have were packed, it than not. Absolutely, the, we're, the cameras were packed away. We didn't have the ability to get it. Somebody got it real fast with the phone. You put it in for a second. I mean, there's there's digital noise and data problems and that kind of stuff. But for a second to show it to you versus not show it to you, that's happened like that. Look, GoPros are dead easy if you're throwing stuff around. That's that's why you want a GoPro is because it just it's easy to set up and it, you can throw it around and beat on it and it'll survive. The uh, the Sony A7s are fantastic, but now we're talking a few thousand dollars. Mm-hmm. We use the Panasonic G series and. We really like those. We have the GH5s. We really, really like those. Just got some new glass, new lens yep, for that did. guy. Yeah, that's the thing is that the, where you start to actually have image changes is you can get a kind of base camera that's decent, but then put expensive glass on the front. That will change it immensely. Let's see here. Lots of good questions. Oh, Ray Lee says, a question for me. Other than the soda machine designed by Pininfarina, do I know of any interesting everyday industrial design that was done by a known car design firm Audi actually did the Leica camera. I forget the name of the the head of the studio in California worked on a Leica camera from a few years ago and then look up the Audi grand piano. They just, they went nuts and that was close to my heart because I play the piano. I love pianos and I love, I've considered actually doing a grand piano design and I just came across another grand piano design by Roland, the Japanese electronic uh, digital instrument maker. So they did this really interesting design by a South Korean designer and it's very angular. It, it looks like a B117 stealth fighter and Mm. it it was more of the, the digital keyboard. It didn't have a soundboard in it, but it still got that very, you know, grand piano kind of look to it. So Audi dabbled and they've also dabbled in furniture as well. So kudos to the Audi design studio. But what I love is when car companies, especially their car design studios, 
set their designers on other projects. Uh, a while back, there was the um, uh, Soapbox Racer contest in LA for all the Los Angeles and Southern California-based design studios. And GM in their Burbank studio has their Soapbox Racer on mounted on the wall in the lobby and people walk in and there's this cool sculpture thing. So imagine a car company with their budgets and design designers doing a soapbox racer. I mean, billet aluminum, you know, mm-hmm. cable pulleys and you know, all this beautiful stuff. Volvo was participating. So I think that keeps designers fresh and ultimately it's worth it for car companies to do that and set time aside for their designers to do that because that keeps things fresh. A lot of designers at Honda do this. They'll, do F1 paintings and F1 drawings or just other cool artwork. Uh, it keeps things fresh, which which I totally applaud. Chuma's back in the Super Chat. Thank you, man. He says, best opening scene of a movie. There's a lot that answer this, but I'm going to go to the one I first thought of. He said, his minister of finance says it's Gladiator. He likes the beginning of Inglorious Bastards, and he thinks Six Underground is best, but car-related. Chuma, the thing about Six Underground is the opening scene of that is phenomenal, but it's also the only really good part of that movie. A Maserati QP5 just gets destroyed. It's a, yeah. You can see the roll cage in it, too. Everything about that opening scene is, it's some of the best, some of the best car work, but that's Michael Bay's background was actually car commercials where he's at his best so yes the opening of six underground may be one of the best car openings ever but then the rest of the movie is worthless raiders of the lost ark watch that opening scene it's a, it uh, is okay. a, it is just it is a university level film school class on everything you need to know in an opening scene plus a fantastic introduction of your lead character all right. He steps out of the shadow after hitting the guy with his whip and knocking the gun out of his hands. That's when you first see him. It's, it's just classic. This is how you intro your character. And then the whole scene to follow, he comes out with the idol. Spoiler alert from the last 40 years. He comes out with the idol, and now we have the villain, and we have the problem, and the runaway, yeah. and the whole deal. That opening scene, it, it you could not accomplish what you need to do to, to introduce that character better than that opening scene. I'm going with that one. I Side note, this has made me think of the Hollywood Bowl in L.A. when they had the LA uh, symphony orchestra do Looney Tunes. So they showed Looney Tunes cartoons on the screen, but the orchestra was playing live all the, all the music. And then I think they did the same thing with John Williams Mm -hmm. for, um, for I think all of the movies, essentially uh, all the star Wars movies in order. And John was conducting. Mm -hmm. And it's just sort of like, really cool. Oh my gosh. I'm not that big of a star Wars fan, as you can tell, but I so appreciated that. I was blown away. Nick asked, when we see it, hear it, or say it, what makes us feel old? For him, it's explaining what Napster was. Honestly, the moment I had to explain CDs to my son. <laughs> CDs don't feel like that far, far, far along. They don't. Also, also, the idea of you don't have the ability to binge watch something. My, that's my, my son's whole life experience. The concept right. of there isn't another one of that. The time when he was like right. four, we were at a movie, and, and we watched some Pixar film, and the credits rolled, and he leaned over to me. This blew my mind. He leaned over to me, and he went, Dad, can we go home and watch that again? And I was like, <laughs> you no, because it's on the movie theater. It just came out. It's not on the street with the theater. <laughs> but then I was like, your whole life has been, I'll just watch that again right now. That always makes me feel old. Holy moly, the time is flying by. Baby Driver's opening scene is also phenomenal. Yes, very good one there as well. Yep. Oh, Rich Ayala says he'd like to hear our thoughts on electric mountain bikes. Is it cheating or the more the merrier on the mountain? It's a bit interesting about the policy around Park City, and Park City's got some amazing trails and a big network of trails, and some ban 
completely the electric bikes. The problem is the good ones are getting sneaky because they just look like fat frame mountain bikes. They don't look like the cumbersome thing you're used to seeing. They're so much better designed, so much slimmer. The technology has gotten better. So you can't really tell until somebody just zooms past you up the hill and you're going, I thought I was in shape, but no, (laughs) indeed. I, hmm, I actually, I like what they do to help people who might not otherwise be able to do it. I like the Mm -hmm. accessibility and I like that it opens up possibilities. If you just, you know, one leg is not as strong as the other, whatever's going on, it allows you to participate in that, which is the best part. So it's hard for me to just say, no, purists only, you know, only the, only the real thing, because, you know, what if that were you? What if that were me? And, and you had the opportunity to keep riding and it assisted you. I, I think it's fantastic. But if it's just assist for the sake of being faster, I, yeah, I'd still push just the regular, you know, non-powered mountain bike. It is a, a fantastic way to really make you feel bad about yourself when you're huffing and puffing and somebody rolls by. It's just, <laughs> so it's like, but then as soon as I'm you figure it out, you're like, day. Oh, mm-hmm. all right, fine. You go ahead. Seth says trad climbing, sport climbing or bouldering. And why uh, I'm going to say bouldering is my least favorite actually of those, because it's just about mastering the hardest possible move, three moves at once. And that's mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. I really, really like trad climbing, but of course, trad climbing, I can't climb nearly as hard as sport climbing. Trad climbing is awesome, but you've carrying by the way, trad climbing is you're carrying the gear with you and you're wiping it up behind you. The person that's following you is, is taking the gear up. So people that climb Half Dome and El Cap and those kind of things, that's all trad climbing. Unless you're Alex Hunold and you do it without gear. Uh, sport climbing is fantastic for its access- accessibility and the fact that you can push yourself a lot on sport climbing. I vacillate between trad and sport. I wish I climbed more than I used now than I used to, but that's not the case. The original Transporter film, the OG Transporter, has a good opening scene from 2002. <laughs> Dang, the movies that made <laughs> Jason Statham. Out. Yes. Was he in anything before those that was uh, I don't know. notable? Not really. Because those movies made him. And I was all about the Transporter how, movies. By the way, how is he simultaneously still having a current career and is able to be enough of a has-been to also be in The Expendables? Has anybody asked that question? Everybody else in The Expendables is kind of done. <laughs> are they're, they're aren't they cur- doing another one? Their career zenith is behind them. Jason Statham is like currently doing his current stuff and in The Expendables at the same time. I, that's that's kind of fascinating. He's made friends, apparently. He has, for sure, yep. <laughs> that's fantastic. Okay, Crank. Nick, Nick says he was in Crank. All right, well, what else? See. Uh, will there be another 4x4 episode, Battle of the World's Best 4x4s? We are doing Bronco versus Jeep in the next season. I know that's car-related, but I wanted to hit that one real quick. Chuma says, wrist check, Paul. He's got the new Moonwatch on. Wow, very nice. I've got the Tudor, Black Bay, Pepsi GMT on. Really dig it. I'm digging Tudor now. It's They're all cool. white noise. All <laughs> white noise. Yeah, I, I like him as a brand. I, I really do. Interesting. Uh, Josh is going to leave and watch Dark Knight right now. I think that's a phenomenal <laughs> choice, by the way. Well done on that. That's very good. <laughs> Let's see. Favorite Hitchcock movie. Did you answer that already? I did not answer that. Go for it. I mm, I guess I haven't seen enough of the, enough of them to accurately answer. Um, Rear Window is up there. Uh, Vertigo is phenomenal. Um, forgetting one, I'm forgetting an obvious one that's just not coming to mind right now. Sorry, those are the first two that jumped to brain though. Ever Bicon in on Discord says, if we couldn't live in Park City or Southern California, where would you want to live domestically or internationally? Domestically, Utah Park City is pretty great. I really do like and like it here just for the uh, the lifestyle, the roads, and the four seasons, of course. But internationally, I'm gonna go with Switzerland. 
Hmm. Watches, of course, but accessibility <laughs> to the rest of Europe. I love that watches is an early mean, reason why. Watches, of course. Okay. But nevertheless, I, I have not yet been there, but I am still intrigued with it enough because of the different languages spoken there and ex- its proximity and accessibility to pretty much everywhere in Europe. And so it's a drive and it would force you to drive everywhere. So I'm going to Switzerland. My computer just died. All right. That's how bad my battery is. But there was a question no asking about best opening scenes, and I wanted to mention this. Sandra Bullock and Gravity. Now, it's a little bit cheating because it's not a single-shot scene that walks through the scene like Paul Thomas Anderson has done really well on and others. I can't think of the others right now. But Gravity is phenomenal for an opening opening shot because in that opening shot, it takes a while for you to realize they haven't cut yet. They oh. just start. She's a dot in space I still haven't and we're seen coming that. all the way to her and then we go around her and we reveal the shuttle and everybody else that's with her but it's just it's blackness and she's a dot and of course they did it all digitally and they had a cool rig and all that kind of stuff so it's not doesn't win all the points because it's it's actually not all real life but you know like paul thomas anderson did a lot of walkthroughs there's there's a lot of really other good ones in there paul thomas anderson by the way side note became very famous for his single shots not his idea Robert Ellswit, his DP, pioneered that for him. Mm. And then it became something Paul was known for, but Ellswit, one of the most humble guys ever worked with in Hollywood, uh, is the guy that would just set them all up and kind of made them famous. Very, very cool. Bill Coley says, Paul, thoughts on the Gordon Murray T-50 from a styling perspective? Minimalist. Very clean Mm. and minimalist. I mean, of course, that's what Gordon Murray is known for, but I guarantee you the stylists and designers that he worked with were probably pushing for more. But think about what the F1 does. Even though the F1 is busy compared to the T50 and the uh, MP412C, that is a busy car, even though when it came out, it looked like they were holding back. But I'm looking at that from a timeless standpoint. It surfaces and everything about it, every piece of the car aerodynamically will tell you about its function. And it's still beautiful. It's still sheet metal Mm -hmm. or compound surface you know draped over wheels but the minimalism and minimalism in any product especially cars is hard to do because you want to keep sketching you want to add some other cool feature then you end up with a c8 corvette but then (laughs) wow (laughs) throw down six we're back to cars okay there it is we're we're here but nevertheless i I love the question enough to say that simple is hard to do Simple things, simple products, anything. Blackberries were incredibly complex and busy looking. And then iPhones came along and we went, yes, from an aesthetic standpoint. Furniture, watches, I like simple, beautiful kinds of objects. And I think he has pushed his designers to do that and continued that along. It is already at the top of the hour. I know, so we're this is uh, yeah, it's, yeah, it's just going to be watches and furniture from here on out. So stick around. <laughs> watches and furniture are next. Yep, for sure, for sure. <laughs> I'm just kidding, guys. Thank you so much for all your yeah. questions. We really appreciate it. Thanks for jumping on the live podcast for with sure. us. We love this. It's and great. Uh, yeah, don't forget the shirts. Our friends at Blipshift and the the Blu-rays as well. We've got mm-hmm. a new order place, so we will we are restocking on that. Thanks to Mandy Combs. Yep. Thank you, Mandy. Thank you, thanks for being on and Chance you as well. We are also fighting. Just so you know, we are fighting for a pilgrimage. Trip next year, just in case you haven't known that already. We are fighting for next fall. We're hoping to go back to Germany and Belgium to do the Nürburgring and Spa. Spa has an entirely changed corner at the top of the hill at Radion. It's completely different than it was. I want to go just to see that. But yeah, that's supposed sure. to happen next fall. We are going to do a Utah pilgrimage trip uh, next fall as well. That worked out so well this year. We'll do that again. Also, in the process of these current, back to cars, of course. It's okay. It's in okay. the process of these current cars, 300ZX, 928. If you haven't seen those videos, please watch them. But 
There's a long series coming on those cars, and those are going to be road trip based, and we're going to go to different parts of the country. So there may, I can't promise yet, there may be opportunities for some meetups around some of those trips as well. We hope to get to places that we haven't been before, so uh, stay tuned on that. Again, uh, Tuesdays and Fridays are the normal podcast drops. This will drop as audio only as a normal Friday podcast, and there will be more of these every 25. Two last questions. Okay, Josh M. says, how much did I spend on my pepper grinder? Did you know Peugeot makes pepper grinders? I and it know. is the same company, by the way. No, I, okay. I just buy the cheap ones at Trader Joe's. And then MC now, MCC now says, mm-hmm. if he came upon us shooting on a mountain road, mm-hmm. screech to a stop or quietly turn around once he sees the cut symbol and jump out and exclaim, Captain's my captain's. I kind of like that. I kind of want the, the pomp and circumstance. Can you, I mean, if, bring some confetti. Can you step up like, like bumper and hood? Can we just, can we just go all the way? Guys. Go full Ethan Hawke on it and go all the way. No, actually, we, right. we've had a lot of people. Uh, there was actually somebody in the chat, and I'm sorry I didn't grab your name, but there was somebody in the chat that noticed that they, they saw us in Colorado. I just scrolled right by your question. I'm sorry, but I didn't notice it. You said hi to us in Colorado. We were just there shooting. Yes. Thank you by the way, yeah, for totally saying great. hello. Anytime anybody totally sees great. us and says hello, we find it awesome. It was great. We actually saw him and his family. Uh, they were they were jeeping as well, which was very yeah, cool. So we love it when people see us. We actually saw were, the license tag. We were blocking them on an off-road trail because we were going <laughs> slow because we were shooting. And I got out all apologetic, and he happened to say that he and his family liked our show. Which is very nice. Very, 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 very cool. Nice. But anytime anybody yes. sees us, we appreciate it, and we're always happy to say hi. The podcast continues. Shooting for TV season continues. And check out Todd's Z-Car video if you haven't mm-hmm. already. Just a reminder. Thank you guys again. Cheers, everyone. <laughs>